Hello everybody and welcome to Pod on the Tyne, your go-to Newcastle United podcast. Brought to you by The Athletic. My name's Taylor Payne and I am joined as ever by Private Waffles. Private Waffles, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm very good, thank you. And especially happy that this has just become my name. But I, don't, I now don't have a first name, I just refer to yeah. as Private Waffles. I've been Waffles. to the town hall and we've, we've had it changed properly. Delighted. How are you doing though? Are you alright? Are you good? Are you well? I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, not too bad at all, not too bad at all. Excellent. And also, as ever, joined by George Corkin as well. George, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. I'm, yeah, I'm just delighted that this waffles thing has gained so much uh, so much traction. There is actually an emoji for a waffle. So, I mean, is there now? There is, an, there, is a, there is an emoji, yeah, for a waffle. All kinds um, of fun can be had with that. Yeah, but I'm all right, apart from that. It's been a slightly frantic last couple of hours. Yes. Well, why, why is that exactly, George? Why has it been a frantic couple of hours? Do you want to give us a bit of info? Well, so, um, normally I wouldn't want to kind of date this so you sort of have the magic of when you're listening to the pod, you could sort of think it was recorded two minutes ago or it's being recorded in your own head as you're listening to it. But we are recording <laughs> this on um, Tuesday lunchtime and I'm only saying that because if you happen to be listening to it a couple of days later to get our excuses in for being a bit dated. On Tuesday morning, um, it was revealed that documents have been submitted to Companies House, um, and they show for the first time that there is contact and an agreement reached between uh, PCP, which is Amanda Staveley's company, and Mike Ashley, and it's about the sale of Newcastle United. Now, what we don't know at this stage is exactly what those documents are saying there's a lot of talk about agreements and loans um, and uh, and various things like that but what I am told is that it's also a fair reflection of the fact that an agreement is now very very close to being agreed we've talked about how close in the past and it's about the sale of the club for a fee somewhere around 300 million quid and Really, the next step is, um, you know, th- there is a process with these things and the process has already started. Um, it started a few weeks ago with the Premier League being informed of these discussions being uh, taking place. The next step is that a deposit is paid and an agreement is reached. Then the Premier League get involved and when they get regulatory approval for the director's test, that is when there is completion of the deal and um, we are somewhere along that process but what people are saying to me is that it's very close now nothing is finalized or formalized um, until until uh, that Premier League regulatory approval is given and you know new owners couldn't do anything at the moment can't do anything at the moment or potential new owners can't do anything at the moment um, and this shows that uh, you know we're a long way along that along that uh, that path now. And so the interesting thing is that I, uh, when I spoke to people this morning, there was some surprise about this document um, being placed at company's house. In other words, it's not a, um, and, and people weren't sort of taking ownership of it in the sense that although it does uh, appear on company's house under PCP Capital Partners, which is Amanda Staveley's group, um, there is some, doubt about who filed it um, and sort of what it means. Now, it will be up to either or both of Ashley and Staveley whether they make uh, some kind of announcement to explain 
what's happened to say that an agreement has been re- has been reached but we don't know yet whether that will that will happen or not so that's where we are it's a bit confused but the overall picture is very much uh, confirmation of what we've known for the past sort of two or three weeks that we're very close and closer than it's ever been before so if not quite if not quite time to open those cans definitely time to get them chilled yeah and i think just as in terms of as a reminder of exactly how long this process has been and everything that's been going on george wrote a piece i think it was about 10 days ago on the sort of situation 10 days ago might be in two weeks now and sort of outlining exactly that this has been more than more than a year in the making obviously it goes even further beyond that if you go back to to, to Stavely's initial bid and just saw that, that this does feel different in the sense that we we've had three years of, of takeover talk and we've reached certain stages but for these documents to suddenly go out on on company's house I don't even pretend to know what's in them I had someone had various people text me saying what does this mean what's this mean? I don't know uh, this sort of legalese that's in them I don't know exactly how all these deals work but the fact that they even exist the fact that they ha- it has the names of Amanda Stavely on it it has Justin Barnes who we know is the person who has been tasked with essentially selling the club for Mike Ashley that shows everything that George has been saying is it's been writing over the last couple of weeks that this is as close as it's ever been this moves it even slightly further on and hopefully means that we're not too far away but it's until there is an announcement from either side, then we have to just just wait and see. And there will be cynicism as the first port of call. But hopefully, this seems to be another positive movement. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I mean, you can still read that piece on uh, theAthletic.com or on the app. And um, we're also working on a big sort of detailed read on Ashley and his tenure at the club. So you should be able to read that very soon too. Could I use the word imminent, or are we not yet there? Um, I mean. I suppose I suppose that sort of depends on your your definition of imminent. I mean, when I said things are closer than they ever have been before, people got very angry with me 24 hours later yeah. because nothing had happened. Yeah. So yeah, in yeah. the context of a big multi-million pound business being bought and sold, then yes, it, I mean, we're very close, but um, these things still take time and you know it's worth going back through the sort of the timeline of what's happened so far and what needs to happen yeah. before before anything becomes rubber stamped and you know the, the the final part of the of the equation is an agreement is reached and signed um i think at that point deposits get paid the premier league become involved again this time to do the director's test when that director's test is completed successfully, if it's completed successfully, completion would take place. And completion is effectively rest of the money being paid, ownership gets transferred, and it then belongs to somewhere else. So now we don't know all the details about where we are along that process, or I'll rephrase that, all of those details haven't become, uh, haven't been made public. There is no change of ownership until the Premier League make their announcement and complete the complete those that test, so that you know that categorically hasn't happened um, yet. So, um, but we are you know we are somewhere along along that process. But this feels like um, this feels like it hasn't felt in the past. Do you know what I mean with the Benzayed group and the original Amanda Stavely takeover uh, bid? This doesn't feel like those two attempts. This feels like something different. Now, it might just be me, from a fan's point of view, getting fizzy knickers, but... Oh, oh no. <laughs> but 
are we are we kind of are we at a different point here? Have we have we now crossed into a, a different territory? Is this somewhere we've been before or not? Well, I mean, I I think this is different territory, and he, therefore, hence me saying it's closer than it's been before. I mean, I'm 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 I am choosing my words very carefully, but that's why I'm yeah. using that phrase. I mean, with Amanda Staveley the first time, I went to a. I went to her home and and office in London. I saw copies of all the three bids that she made. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I literally saw physical copies of them. I still have one. Um, I saw proof of funds. All of those things kind of become worthless, though, because they weren't accepted or nothing happened. And so, you know, yeah. I saw copies of the bids, but... You know, if you want to be a proper conspiracy theorist about it, that doesn't sort of mean anything. I mean, it, you know, that could have been just to impress me. I don't think it was for a minute. Why would you want to do mm. that? But, you know, until I something mean, you're, becomes... I mean, you're a hard man to impress, George. I'll be honest. Because, because, <laughs> because, because you know, because we're, we're all so sort of cynical about these things, you know, and yeah. I saw all those things, but Mike Ashley still, or Mike Ashley's people, still called that process a waste of time, which she obviously disputed. Um, the fact is, we do now have a we have a written agreement which has been posted at company's house, which is talking about contact and agreement and loans and all this. There's you know, various kind of figures stuff. and amounts. Yeah, in there it's as very well, it's there? very it's very complicated. I mean, I'm that's so far away from my sphere of expertise that I don't really sort of want to get into yeah. the whys and wherefores. I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter, and you know, fair yeah. fair play to people for. For sort of trying to uh, for trying to sort of decipher it, I've seen Kieran Maguire, the financial football financial expert, sort of quoted it in one of the local papers. But ultimately, he said he doesn't know. So um, we're still at that point. Um, her side, they're not commenting. Um, I've checked that out, and um, uh, Newcastle never comment. So um, so they won't <laughs> be either. So I mean, unless you know, unless unless this reaches the, the certain point, you know, it crosses a threshold where people decide um, they may as well, you know, they may as well say something, you know, we, we're, we're going to have to just wait and see see it's, how it yeah. unfolds. I'm sure the picture will actually become clearer in the next couple of days, though, and, you, you know, you would imagine someone would have an explanation for what this all is. I think it's just a case of us hanging fire, isn't it, and being patient until we know uh, a little bit more concrete information about what's going on here. From a fan's point of view, though, you can't help see things like that and get a little bit excited and start thinking actually something's happening here because I don't I don't remember ever getting to this sort of stage before with any of the other bids or any of the other stories about a takeover where there's a document with both parties named on it. it, it no, seems... I mean we've yeah, that's right. We've seen lots of stuff. Uh, company's house. We've seen a lot of stuff released yeah. from there. For example, you know people people um, submitting new company names and creating new companies, which would be the vehicle for a takeover. We've seen that happen multiple times. You know, we get a little spasm of interest or by the end, you know, by the end, people weren't even really paying attention to that sort of stuff. You know, one of those names is in there in this document, Cantervale Limited, which is a Staverly, yeah, which is a Staverly company. And that, you know, that did come out a few weeks ago. But at that point, you know, that wasn't really... Um, that wasn't different to what we've seen before. This, you know, this is different. Um, no, we have to we have to wait and see what this what this means. It certainly isn't bad news. Um, quite the opposite. And this is, you know, it was um, it was an agreement from from last week. And again, there's nothing there's nothing done until the Premier League uh, complete their director's test, and they were told that that could be for as long as a month. So. Um, 
you know, so we, we, we may still have a bit of a way to go before anything is completed. That doesn't mean they couldn't announce something in the meantime. It's, it, it, it's almost possible that they could put out some kind of statement and say, you know, we're waiting for the director's test to, to be completed or to happen. We can announce this. It's not something that they have to hold off on uh, until no, that test is completed. No. It just depends what they want to do, and it just depends yeah. on what both sides want to do. And um, I'm sure that this will that will be something that's that that has been talked about. Really, if you look at the sort of the bigger picture of things at the moment, new new owners would find it very difficult to to do much of any substance at Newcastle at the moment. Now I know this from having conversations because of the lockdown and because of coronavirus and because of of the furloughing of staff and things like that. There's not a lot they can physically do. There's no games going on. The transfer window's not open. Um, so, uh, And they can't get into the building. They can't get into the building and work properly. So in some ways, it's, 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 actually, it's actually in people's interests for, for this kind of process to have been, uh, to be going along fairly quietly. Because although, you know, we would get really excited, Newcastle fans would get excited and have a big party, they don't physically own it until they get regulatory approval and completion takes place. And there's very little they can do at the moment anyway. So, you know, it's it's honestly it's so tough when you we're all we're all at home, we all want stuff to be happening, we all want to be able to do things, yeah. we all want to be able to, you know, and this is part of that real frustration. But we don't we do have to let this this regulatory period play out. Well, what I will say is that if it does get announced uh, there will be a of my own uh, occurring. That's all I'll say. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, if that make, if that makes the final edit, I'll be surprised. But I I'm, I hope so. I hope so. Do you have anything to say to this waffles? I'm just horrified. I'm shocked and horrified. Harry sponsors Pod on the Time, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. Jeff and Andy knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. And now, by taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. The Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. A weighted ergonomic handle, five precision-engineered blades, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. As a listener to Pod on the Tine, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash pod on the time right now. That's harrys.com forward slash pod on the time. Anyway, right. So what does this mean in the long term for Newcastle United? Anyway, if let's... Let's uh, let's go into the the realms of fantasy here. Although I think we're already there. Um, what would uh, what would this mean going forward for for Newcastle United? We we had that poll up on uh, on Twitter in the last couple of days, which I'm going to be honest, Chris, bless you, you took some stick for that poll, mate, didn't you? I mean, I take stick for most things, but this was uh, yes, it was. I, re- I hadn't even thought when when George and I had a brief conversation. Uh, on Monday evening, about what we we're going to chat about on on the podcast, George said, "Oh, well, why, why don't you send out this? Why don't you send out this poll? Just you know, asking asking fans." And I was like, "Well, surely the answers would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just, we, you know, that that's sort of the point." Yeah, yeah. And it was, I, I, by George. By the by the way, 
I knew exactly what I was doing. And then about five minutes after I tweeted it, and I just went back on Twitter, and I just saw all these responses of like, what, a, what kind of a yeah. stupid question is this and all this? And I thought straight, I was like, mm, yeah, George has sort of sold me a pup here, as usual. Um, yeah, and yeah, there's, if it, were you going to read out some of the more amusing responses? Is that what you were going to do? Or? Well, um, I, I remember a couple of them. Um, <laughs> what kind... <laughs> <laughs> what kind of idiot would ask this question was one of my favourites. Um, <laughs> um, I, I presume the 4% are all Mackhams was the other one. Um, there was some there was some butte in there. Um, I, I do remember someone saying something along the lines of, are you okay, Chris? Or something like that. But I can't, <laughs> I can't remember for definite. But yeah, the, the, the poll was basically along the lines of, if, if Newcastle are, are to progress uh, in football in terms of, would it have to be under a new ownership? Um, and I think the, the, it worked out at 93% or 94% yes, 5% no, and I think 2% was undecided or don't care or whatever. I'm not sure. I can't remember the exact terminology that was used. But I think it's interesting, though, because there was an awful lot of people voted on that poll. So even that 4% or 5% or whatever it was... 3%. Said, I'm just looking. Was it 3%, 3%. right? Okay. Yeah, 96%. So even that 3%, that's still a decent number of people who... who Now, we can't rule out that there's been some outside influence in this. Maybe there is people from who support other clubs who've decided to have a laugh at our expense. But there is a number of people there who think no. Well, yes. Although, I mean, I think from such a high, I mean, it's had a brilliant response. So, thanks again to people who um, who have replied, even if it is just to say that Waffles is an idiot, which is factually correct anyway. So that's fine. But we have had three thousand three hundred eighty-three votes. Ninety-six percent say, "Do Newcastle need a new owner to progress as a football club in any meaningful sense?" Yes. I mean, that's a colossal majority. I mean, so. Yeah. Three people, that could just be people pressing the wrong button um, yeah. because they're stupider than Chris. Um, waffles, oh, sorry. Oh, um, well, that would be difficult. Or, but. Um, you know, and margin of error. Plus, you know, Chris is a Newcastle reporter uh, asking a question about Newcastle. I mean, I think it's pretty clear who a lot of his followers would be. Um, you know, I I write maybe more generally about Northeast football a lot of the time, although I'm pretty sure that most of the people that follow me would be Newcastle fans as well. That's just a guess. But yeah, of course, you can't dismiss the possibility of other fans voting. I, you know, I still think that's a colossal number. And the reason the reason we did it was we knew the answer we were going to get, clearly. But it is intended to sort of inform this debate and also just really emphasise that that real prevailing sense that there is around the club and has been for a long, long time, that this is not a club that is going to get better meaningfully with this ownership in in control. And it's felt like that way for a very long time, hence some of the more caustic responses. But, you know, at a time when takeover is on everybody's lips, it's yeah. it's a chance to sort of talk about some of those things and and remind people why. And you never know. Some p- people who aren't Newcastle fans might be listening to this and might might want to know. You know, this is a Premier League club, mid table looks all right. Looks all right to me. You know, that's 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 the argument you often get. I mean, you could be Bolton, you could be Bury, you could be Blackpool, you could be some of those clubs. What is the problem? And it can be very very tiring for us, I think, to to think about that and talk about it but it's important at the moment at a time when you know we're thinking about takeover to to sort of actually remember why it's important in the first place i mean it's it, it's it's an interesting one isn't it because i think people are, are are at the point now where 
it, it's just an obvious answer to them. I think that's probably why so many of these replies on here are so, um, what's the word? Cutting, I think, good to be kind to Chris. Um, but I think people have just got the point where it's like, well, f- well, of course it is. What are you doing? Why are you even asking yeah. me this question anymore? Do you know? And I get that. I mean, I get that. Um, but it, it is interesting to see the to see the numbers. I mean, there's one there's one here which I think maybe throws our data into question a little bit uh, from Craig at Lost Souls Forever, and he's just said, "I voted no on the basis of how stupid a question it was." Yeah, I mean that doesn't really help, but um, it doesn't, that, I mean, does that, it? that doesn't help the statistical findings. I mean, it's Twitter, so you know nobody yeah. is suggesting that this is scientific, and I think you know you you also if if you're basing things only on Twitter, you'll the the vast majority of people are very militant on Twitter because that you know you're provoking people or people are being provoked into responding either in a positive way or in a negative way. If we think about um, if we think about the stadium sometimes when a boycott's being called for or protests and things like that, it's not always in the same in the stadium. So I do think there is I do think there is a um, a group of people or some people who really just want to go to the football and watch it and that's that's enough for them i mean they you know that kind of infuriates me a bit or frustrates me sometimes but those people are there and for those people perhaps the ownership is not the most important issue and so but i still think i mean i i think you know i think 96% is a is a sort of huge is a huge number it's kind of what i expected i agree you know but i think that there are two i think there's two things as well there's one that you often get which again usually gets leveled by people who aren't necessarily in the northeast, but they basically it's sort of um, better the devil you know that sort of argument is to be careful. What I mean, that sort of Chris. isn't that sort of isn't a direct response to this question, but again, I think you get some fans who just think, oh well, it could be even worse if we had someone else, primarily from elsewhere. But also, you do have a few fans who you speak to do say that. I also think another point, I suppose, you could possibly. Uh, bring up if we're going to relate this because the ch- the conversation we're going to have is going to be more general. But if we were to relate this to the current takeover bid that's going on, is potential Saudi involvement and do people what is it is it that you want a new owners at any cost to progress or is it that you'd rather stick with what you've got at the moment because you'd rather wait for quote unquote a different uh, sort of prospect of someone to take over? So I think there are other elements to this, but. Uh, I think ninety six is well. It's more than a landslide. It's absolutely colossal. There's a couple of um, there's a couple of replies to this that I want to just read out, and these are not the ones which are absolutely tearing you a new one, Chris. These are the um, <laughs> these are the the interesting ones that I've read through and thought, yeah, there's some good points here. So David JG uh, on Twitter has said some meaningful change could exist under Ashley if he was committed to the club going forward, but he clearly isn't interested in putting a strong progressive plan together. Someone else has to come in for consistent movement that doesn't fall backwards every few years. Um, that was one. And then there was this other one from Jonesy, uh, who was no- at Nobby's dog. I voted yes, of course, in brackets. Um, Emma's stewardship of the club has drained us of our identity. The club stands for nothing. I'd even prefer owners with less wealth as long as we were trying to be the very best we could be, irrespective of what division we played in. Interesting words there. Yeah, you know, I tend to agree. I tend to agree with that. I mean, I think if people are looking for Mike Ashley to change, they're, they're, they've, they've missed the last 13 years or however long it's been. I mean, it's not going to happen now. You know, there are these... You know, we've seen these these brief little sort of interludes interludes of interest when he's become engaged, and then he's disappeared again and left the running to the the club to others. And you know, if if you go through a list of the mistakes, um, 
you know, perhaps a lot of clubs would have things like this, but, you know, the club has been relegated twice. You know, it has become a byword for for sporting austerity. It is stable financially, which is, you know, in lots of ways to be recommended, but it's an outsourced football club that isn't striving. It isn't striving for success and it's not striving for financial improvement either. It's heavily reliant on TV money. And then you go back to some of the more sort of personal things, the, the changing of the, you know, the changing of the stadium name, the payday loan company who were sponsors, the treatment of people who adored and adore the club like Kevin Keegan, Alan Shearer, Jonas Gutierrez, Chris Hutton, things like that. And, you know, they're just little nicks to self-esteem and the communication has been horrific over this time. And so every time something bad happens, there's no context for good things happening or people don't think about it like that because they've used this dry corporate language or the manager has been the focal point of all communication and so the club has had no hinterland under ashley who's a pit now it's it's not that everything that they've done is is has been horrific over that time you know there have been some kind of interesting things like 10-year season tickets for example you know there was a recognition why that sort of stuff was important but they've never explained anything because the communication has been historically terrible and Every time something bad happens, it feels like it's in the context of every other bad thing. And there's just been so many of them. I mean, so there's been the two relegations. The fact is that Newcastle were a team and a club that were regularly in Europe and were regularly challenging uh, in the top half of the table. And that's that's all gone. And um, they've become a byword for sort of sporting mediocrity. It's a profitable business, but it's not a business that's striving for things. It's not striving to win things on the pitch. And it's outsourced, so it's not striving internally either. And so you've then got the, you know, the horrible stuff, you know, the really horrible stuff, like the way Kevin Keegan, somebody who absolutely loved and adored the club, was treated, eventually winning an employment tribunal against the club in which they admitted to deliberately misleading fans. You've got the treatment of Shearer, who came in to try and rescue the club, was told by Ashley afterwards that he was his best decision ever and then never contacted by him ever again. There was the treatment of Chris Hewton, who did brilliantly, along with his players, to get the team promoted back into the Premier League and was then sacked when they were 11th. There was the treatment of, of Jonas Gutierrez, a fabulous player we've talked about a lot um, in pods over recent weeks who eventually won a disability uh, discrimination tribunal against the club after being diagnosed with cancer. There's all these little things that have chipped away at the club's prestige. You can bring it up to date too in terms of Benitez coming into the club, this huge moment, this massive moment for us all where we all think, blimey, finally they're showing ambition and they're showing... Um, you know, they're bringing in a manager who talks about history and potential and then that same manager leaves after three years talking about three years of unfulfilled promises. And they're they've been incapable of putting two good decisions together. They've been very capable of putting a lot of bad decisions together. And it's reached the point where Ashley's on one side, fans are on the other, and there's not going to be a meeting place in between. And even when they show quote-unquote ambition. So, for example, uh, for example, this summer they spend 40 million quid on Jolinton. 
they 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 you know they they do it on a player that the previous manager was adamant he didn't want and wasn't worth that much money and has subsequently proven not to be able to score a goal and it's like it's 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 baffling you know those sorts of things are baffling and you know it's too late i think from fans point of view and and whenever we get to a position of some kind of positivity in the in and around the club like with Rafa and also the the fifth place season and getting to Europe and stuff like that I think the frustrating thing from a fan's point of view is that it's never followed up and it's never built upon we always seem to get to this point where we have a good foundation we have a decent squad or we are in a decent position in the league or we have a good coach or a progressive uh, manager or whatever and then it just doesn't get built upon and it feels like wasted opportunities all the time Chris I don't know how you feel about that yeah I'd agree I mean when we talked about Papi Cisse's goal last week and we talked about that season I think that that's the prime example of that whereas everyone else saw it as a real positive Newcastle finished fifth yeah they only narrowly missed out on the top four they wouldn't have qualified for the Champions League if they hadn't finished fourth but they'd narrowly missed out Mike Ashley sees that as well I've spent 9.5 million on Papi Cisse in January we didn't make it he sees it as that it's the bottom line and that that is the problem as you, as you see and then the next season Newcastle only bring in Vern and Nita they try and rely on the youth players who clearly weren't ready for that sort of uh, situation and and then it, it it is that sort of it just continues Newcastle come up under Benitez that well actually went down with momentum in a bizarre sort of way under Benitez then they come back but already by the by the time the 2017-18 season begins it just seems like that any positivity sucked out of it and part of that is the lack of communication as George touched upon earlier I just think that that feels like there's this vacuum and you've got it at the moment as well and Newcastle still haven't come out and declared publicly that they have actually furloughed some of their staff and that they are going to claim government money we've seen Liverpool reverse their decision we've seen Spurs reverse their decision Newcastle haven't even confirmed that they've done that publicly in the first place and it's it just it's so frustrating it doesn't it, it doesn't build up a rapport now I do agree with George I think that we are too far down the line for any sort of uh, re- reproach between the two sides it, 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 there's too much water under the bridge, but I do think that things could be done differently, and that that Newcastle that, that, that there was more of a chance for Ashley to at least build some sort of relationship with, up with fans. But it almost seems like we've got the point now where he doesn't want to. Yeah, it certainly feels like that. I mean, that that, that fifth place season, the the Papacice wonder goals and all that that you were talking about, that to me was one of the most frustrating times as a as a Newcastle fan because I remember that summer feeling so excited about where we were, what we had done that year beforehand, and the players that we had, and then you go into that next season and you don't make the investment that needs to be made, and it just dropped away, and and it it it, it was kind of like, well, what's the point of all this? Do you know what I mean? Why are we why are we sort of investing time and money emotion and emotions into this football club when they don't seem to care about making it better? They just want to maintain the status quo. Yeah, and it was interesting. I, I, I did an interview with, with Mike Williamson. about. I went to see him a few times. He's a Gateshead player manager now yeah. before the sort of lockdown. One thing he was chatting about is I was just saying, I was saying, like, when does that... I was like, do, does the negativity towards Mike Ashley from fans, does that infiltrate into the dressing room? And his response was, well, most of the time, no, but when it does is probably over time. And he says, when, he, when I looked at it, you look at that 2011-12 season and those players thought, you know, we can push on, we could do something here. We we probably have overachieved in some ways, but if we add two or three players, this will really progress. And he says that over time, that mentality will just seep away and he, he presumes that players now caught in Newcastle thinking right the first target is to survive then anything else on top of that's a bonus and it's that change of mentality and so that everyone within the club has 
this sort of artificial glass ceiling and what ambitions are and it just it it it, it sucks some of the it, part of being a football fan it, it, it's it's something which is sort of intangible you can't, you can't really quantify it, it it's that you you do dream you do believe that things can be better and it's almost like that 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 under Mike Ashley now is just become you, you can't you can't even as a fan you have that part of you closed off no matter how unrealistic it may be you know the the fact that when Newcastle were getting to Wembley two years in a row in, in 98 and 99 when they're in the Champions League and you you can you can believe that things can get better and that you can progress but under Mike Ashley it just feels like that um, as I assume for a lot of fans, it just feels like well, it's pointless almost because there is this artificial glass ceiling of what we're going to achieve. So there you go. That's uh, that's everything we know at the minute. That is everything that we've um, that we've heard that we've learned. There's been a lot of movement this morning. There's all kinds of things still going on. It is uh, it is all buzzing away in the background. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. Um, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed. Soon we'll have some kind of announcement or something like that. You never know what's going to happen with Newcastle United, though. It could all be dust by tomorrow. Who knows? Anyway, it's been great talking to you, lads. George, thank you so much for your time. Private waffles. A pleasure as always. Look after yourself. Take care of yourselves out there and uh, make sure you're washing your hands, staying indoors and get those cans uh, in the fridge and have them nice and chilled because you never know what's going to happen. Thanks very much for listening to Pod on the Time. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers. (laughs) 